You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that. Will you join me for a word of prayer? Blessed Lord God, as we begin a new church year, we pray that you would make it our New Year's resolution to grow deeper in your word. That the hope which you give through the power of the Spirit in your word might be more alive in us and we might attend evermore to your faithfulness as we expectantly wait for you to act again as once you did. This we pray in the precious name of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. A word to our tech person that this is one of those sermons I'm going to be using the screen a lot, so you might want to use the visual with the screen in there. And after you do that, go back to the PowerPoint one because I'm going to use the clicker to forward us through that. So, um, yesterday, oh, sorry, not yesterday, today's Sunday, Friday. It is an earnest uh, family tradition in our house that we, under no circumstances, go anywhere near a retail outlet on Good Friday. So, Good Friday, Black Friday, Black Friday, excuse me, Good Friday's in the spring. Um, we don't go anywhere near a place that sells anything on those days, except one thing, Christmas trees. Because I grew up across the street from a Christmas tree farm. So it's become the tradition that uh, either Friday or Saturday we go out and cut down a Christmas tree. I'm just grateful that I don't have to drag it a mile through the woods home by myself anymore. Well, we went out to get in the car because this Friday we were going to go help uh, decorate my father-in-law's house together as a family. And um, we got in the car and the radio station that my wife always has our car tuned to um, has changed its format for the Christmas season. Uh, from now till Christmas, it plays only Christmas music. And one of the things I love about my wife, I'm sorry, I'm going to embarrass you, is her undiluted joy for life. And so the, we turn on the car, you know, you have that second where the radio doesn't, isn't on, and then it comes blasting on, and it's Christmas music. And like a little kid, she goes, oh, it's Christmas! <laughs> and I think that's how we all feel. We, we love that turn in the, the season. As soon as Thanksgiving's over, we are ready to roll. Um, at least we are in my family. Except when we come to church. You turn on the radio at church, or you turn on the radio in your car, and it's, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. And you come to church, and it's, Come thou long-expected Jesus. It's a little in your face. <laughs> and it's meant to be. It's meant to be. Um, It's a reminder from another time that Christians are looking for something different in the change of season and the turn towards Jerusalem than the rest of the world is looking for. Elizabeth, honey, could you click on the PowerPoint one? Go forward a screen for me. 
there you go. So in 1965, <laughs> I hear the applause from the back. That's, I'm a Peanuts fan too. In 1965, Charles Schultz did this really transgressive thing. Now that's a fancy word for using the man's power against himself. He did this really transgressive thing. This good Presbyterian from Minnesota got corporate America to sponsor a special against corporate America. <laughs> Remember this, where the whole point of it was that you can't commercialize Christmas? That's the story of the special. And it's this beautiful thing, and of course it ends with the whole gang singing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and, and we're all excited that they've discovered the true meaning of Christmas and rescued it back from greed. But... That was 55 years ago. Things have changed a lot in 55 years. Um, you remember these specials? The little animated, the little... The animation's really kind of jerky, but we love them. Remember what's always happening in these specials? What are they always trying to do? They're trying to save Christmas. Christmas is about to not happen for some reason or another in every single one of them, and we're here to save Christmas. Now they're all a little cheesy, but we all love them. But what's interesting is you get to the early 21st century is how much we have to save Christmas from. It's no longer corporate America and our focus is all on shopping. Now, now Christmas can be about anything we want it to be. With all the concern out there about cultural appropriation, which means stealing someone else's culture for your own use, no one seems to be worried about stealing Christian culture from Christians in order to use it for their own words. One of our favorite television shows as a family is called Community, and I'm, I'm going to tell you it's a great show. It's really funny, especially the paintball episodes, if you want to pull them up and watch them. But um, I've I got to say that because I'm about to badmouth it. Um, <laughs> They did a special for Christmas in their second season where one of the characters is concerned that he's losing Christmas. And so the whole, the whole episode, instead of being real live actors, is done in this style that you see on the screens above you um, as an animation kind of thing, a claymation thing. Well, the show revolves around a study group of seven people at the local community college. And every person in the group has a different religion. There's one Christian. They spend a lot of time making fun of her for that. Um, there's a Jehovah's Witness. There's a Muslim. There's an atheist. There is a practitioner of a New Age cult. And there's someone who's just a hedonist and wants whatever he can get out of life. Um, well, in this episode, they're trying to save Christmas for the Muslim character. Because he's afraid he's losing Christmas. Now, I'm going to turn your attention to the screen because what's happened is, is that this is, the, this is the climax of the episode and in good fashion, just like our old uh, Rankin-Bass um, uh, specials, they're going to sing a song. So I invite you to look at the screen for a moment. Go ahead, Elizabeth, click forward for me. What are you doing back here? Saving Christmas. Everybody, point your magic Christmas weapons at it. This is ridiculous. You are enabling a delusion. The delusion you're trying to cure is called Christmas, Duncan. It's the crazy notion that the longest, coldest, darkest nights can be the warmest and brightest. Yeah, and when we all agree to support each other in that insanity, something even crazier happens. 
It becomes true. Works every year, like clockwork. Try telling that to your catatonic friend. I got a better idea. Why don't we sing it? Wait, what? Yeah, let's not do it. Will you do commit to something for a change? Let's sing it. Yeah, let's sing. Can we sing while we blow Duncan away? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you start reading. Mm, Christmas time is the time to sing. That's what Christmas is for. Christmas can even be a Hanukkah thing. That's what Christmas is for. And for a huge percentage of the country, we play these about the Jesus Christ. Uh, for the rest of us, it's still a good time to remember that it's going to be nice. Music and cooking and liquor and dreams. That's what Christmas is for. Video games for two straight weeks. That's what Christmas is for. So are you confused? <laughs> you should be. I mean, if Christmas is just an empty vessel into which we can pour any meaning we want, it's going to get confusing and rather quickly. What's Christmas for? Well, for the atheist who gets to start the song, it's just for singing. It can be for liquor and greed and cream which is a fancy word for stuff we're not supposed to talk about in church. It could be for two solid weeks of video gaming. But it can't be that for the people of God. Christmas must always be about the coming of He who we will proclaim in the Christmas carols on Christmas Eve, the God incarnate born must always, always, always be about Jesus. And the preparation of the season of Advent is to turn our thoughts away from the things of the world. And, and some of them are good. I'm not against nice. We're not against family gatherings and people enjoying their time together and the giving of gifts. All of that is great stuff. But it's only great stuff if we remember the one who inspired all of it. We don't ever want to take something that's of secondary importance and make it of primary importance. And Advent helps refocus our minds. One of the reasons it's so good to keep this season is that we come in here and it's, it is different than what we're experiencing out there. It focuses us again on what's really important in this season. And so on this first Sunday in Advent, when we light the candle for hope, we get this reading from Elizabeth, can you click me forward one more? Okay. Mark 13. This reading is called by biblical scholars the Little Apocalypse of St. Mark. Okay? And it's called that because it bears a great resemblance to other apocalypses in the Bible. 
Apocalypse is like that of Ezekiel, which is apocalyptic literature, from 597 B.C. That comes from the time of the Babylonian deportation. God's people have been, had the temple destroyed and they've been carried off into exile in a foreign country. Daniel, 165 B.C., Antiochus Epiphanes has profaned the second temple and has done horrible, desecrating things to it in an attempt to rend the people of God away from the worship of God. And so we see these apocalyptic-style images coming from God as His Word for the people at that time. And of course, famously, for us as Christians, the book of Revelation which is also called the Apocalypse of St. John. In 95 AD, what was happening was we were experiencing one of the worst early persecutions of the church under the emperor Domitian. And so God reveals his will to his people in this language we call apocalyptic, which is a highly symbolic language. Why would God do it at that time? And it's kind of a strange thing because the word apocalypse actually means unveiling or revealing. And the symbolism of these passages seems to make it almost harder to understand the Bible. Well, what's going on here is that God, during times when His people are under great duress, is giving His word to them in code. Because when you have an oppressive power, they could intercept the message But if they intercept something that's nonsense, it doesn't make any difference. It's just like spy communications being given during wartime. But the people of God are meant to know the symbols so they can correctly interpret the apocalyptic language, the prophecies that are encoded there. Now for too many Christians today, the word apocalypse actually, I think, means scary. I know a lot of people who won't touch the book of Revelation. I had a congregation member in a former church say that. I don't ever read the book of Revelations. That's way too scary for me. Or Ezekiel or Daniel or any other passages. But, you know, if you read the book of Revelation and you know the book of Exodus, there's not one symbol in there that's going to be surprising to you. We are meant to know the stories of God's great saving acts throughout history as God's people So that when God speaks to us in code, we can understand the code and receive what these things are meant to give us. Hope. These messages from God were meant to give His people hope at a time when they were under tremendous duress by oppressive powers. When all the world was seemed to be against them and they're crying out like Isaiah, would that you would act again. These words from God were meant to give hope to his people that yes, he would act. But he would act in his time and according to his perfect will. And in the meantime, their only job was to keep faith. To watch in expectant hope for God to act in a way they could never have seen or foreseen. We, as we come to the beginning of the Advent season, the new Christian year, we are given the Sunday of hope and it's revelatory text, it's apocalyptic text 
to let us know that however much it may seem like we're losing, that God may be on the retreat, or that God's enemies seem to be getting the upper hand, that it is not so. That God has a plan, and its plan is perfect. No one would have expected that it was during the worst oppression in history in the Roman Empire that the Savior of the world would be born. Equally, we cannot know what to expect, how God will act when just when moments seem the darkest. Apocalyptic texts are meant to be consoling texts for the people of God. So let us lean into the hope that these texts bring us that God is still alive, he is still acting, and in the fullness of time, his perfect will will be revealed. What is Christmas for? I enjoy the show, I really do. (laughs) But it's not for the things that that song sang about. As much fun as some of them are. For us as the people of God, it is always, always, always about the fulfillment of God's promises in the person of Jesus Christ. Increasingly, the world's not going to understand that. In his first letter, John predicted that. He said, the world does not know you because it doesn't know him. So our job during this time is, as Jesus said, to be on guard and keep awake and to tell the story of God born in the flesh in a manger again and again and again so that the world can know him and so come to understand us. Will you join me for a word of prayer? Lord, such tremendous hope given to us in the fulfillment of prophecy in the coming of your Son as Messiah and Lord. And as we look forward to the time when he will return again as King of Kings and Lord of Lords, we ask that you fill us with the hope that only your word can fill in us. Grant us to look expectantly toward the future you are paving the way for and grant us to be faithful in our generation, keeping your word in front of us for you promise to bless us especially through that word. Form us to be your people faithfully day in and day out that the hope of our faith may become the hope of our lives and we may share you faithfully with a world who does not yet know you. This we ask in the precious name of our Lord and our Savior Jesus, for he lives and he reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best heart in the day and the night Waking or sleeping, thy presence my life